Hello, adventurers. My name is Maximus, and I'm here like moves like Jagger from GGA Crew. I'm the Moobs. And uh, welcome to Castles and Cantrips, Tome of Knowledge. This is a little bit of a, a continuation from our previous episode where we were talking about the newest uh, Unearthed Arcana. Uh, do you say Arcana or Arcana? I'm just curious about that because it popped in my head. Uh, I say Arcana. I do too. I don't know if if it's like tomato tomato it's probably this either way it's correct yeah it's now that i have it in my head i'm like thinking of it like do i say arcana or do i say arcana and like you ever do that like you're like what do i say well if you're already saying well i said it two different ways just now <laughs> but what if it's if you're saying arcana why isn't it air con yeah never mind forget it that's just that's just ridiculous <laughs> but anyway uh, before we dive in, we have some uh, important news for you uh, folks out there. Uh, first of which is this Friday, March the 10th, City of Terror. Super special one shot with our guest dungeon master, Zeus, Mr. Zeus to you, uh, <laughs> will be DMing uh, with a wonderful cast of Naomi, Shadow Temple, Captain Robear, MacX3D, who is the dungeon alchemist, um, community manager, uh, as well as our very own Bun Bun and VS are all going to be playing in that one shot. It's going to be wild. Ooh-wee. Yep, the city is terrified. <laughs> so super cool. And I can't wait can for wait you all to, to see it. Yeah. Yeah, I've been doing some some work and I've I've seen things in the background. I've seen things and it's going to be wild. I can't wait for you all to see it. Uh, aside from that, uh, the next big day is going to be March 31st. It's going to be Ron's Dreamy One Shot. Uh, where I will be playing Brannis. And if that doesn't if that doesn't draw you in, I don't know what will. I mean, that should be enough, right? BFFs, baby. <laughs> everyone's Ron. Everyone's favorite character out of the whole campaign. Out of all of it. <laughs> Became the most hated into one of the most likable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, let me just let me just ban this bot real quick. Uh bye. Uh <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yeah, I'm, it's going to be fun. I have, to, I have to think of some concepts for Brannis. I have some things in mind, that's for sure. Uh, aside from that, April 7th will be our Out of Combat Live episode where we talk about uh, everything. We talk about the entire first campaign. So any questions you have, make sure that you either put them in the comments, you can tweet them at us, you can throw them in Discord. Uh, and luckily for you, all of those links are right there in the chat. Or if you don't like links, just go to cashesofcatchers.com and you can just click fun icons instead. Right. In case you were just listening through your ear holes. Yes. And can't visually see what's going on. Yeah, exactly. With that being said, uh, after that, campaign two, April 21st, is the official start date of campaign two. And I'm very excited. I have a lot of work to do. <laughs> it feels so far away, but it's going to sneak up so quick. I know yeah. it. Yeah. It's been, uh, I mean, it's been, when did we, when did we finish it's been campaign one? one. Uh, it was uh, January 27th. Yeah, it feels like forever ago now. It, it does. Um, it's like what, two months? No, it's a month and some change. Well, let's, let's say hi to our friends. Uh, we got Zeus and chat village. Um, and then uh, Mr. Botman, Yap, Bun. What's going on, everybody? Hope everyone's doing well. Had a fantastic week. 
Yeah. Um, Better way to start the week with D&D discussions. Boom. Yeah, we left off last week talking about the Druid UA, and we, we went way over time, so... Now today is just mm-hmm. all paladins all the time. My favorite. Um, I do think I do think paladin, either paladin or warlock, are my two favorite classes for sure. Oh, I almost forgot. Bun told me today, um, and I don't. I, I think this is a hundred percent, but she was telling me uh, that she is going to start s- streaming tomorrow. Uh, she's going to start Ooh. drawing some of the campaign two characters, so you don't want to miss that. I almost forgot. Uh, to mention that, but she told me, hey, tomorrow she's just, she's back, her her hand's back, she's drawing like a pro, like always, uh, and she's going to start illustrating some of those characters, which is very exciting for me. And if you're listening to this later and not live, uh, that, that happens on Tuesdays, Tuesday nights, p.m. Mm-hmm. Pacific time. Yeah, I think uh, she usually starts at 7 p.m. Pacific, and if I'm wrong, then she'll yell at me in the chat, and then I'll, and then I'll read it, and then I'll correct myself so you can hear it. <laughs> But anyway, after that small detour. Before we get started on the UA stuff, Max, why is Paladin one of your favorite classes? I know in my play style, uh, when I like to play characters, I enjoy more often than not being a melee type character. Um, But I like the flavors of Paladin. Uh, I like the additional like utility of being a spellcaster, um, sort of like the the holy leaning part of it doesn't do much for me. I almost never flavor them that way, um, but I, I just I don't know. I just like their style. I, I like what they do. I I like being able to be in melee, do buffing, um, cast spells, a lot of utility, um, and I typically when I play. Um, I always, almost always fall into this sort of role where I like being like face type characters, uh, and it's fun for me. And it's great that a paladin being a charisma caster, uh, can give me an excuse to be good (laughs) as a face character. I don't Uh, know. I know they're high up for you. Yeah. Uh, I'm in the same camp as well. Like I do like the holy factor. Uh, I do like being a knight. And just like mm-hmm. being the hero, um, but yeah, hy- hybrid classes are huge for me. So like, especially when in any type of game where I can hybrid, where I can either tank, I can heal, I can do damage, I can do this and that. Like that, those that's right up my alley. So like, even like in video games and MMOs, I always gravitate to those hybrid classes like paladins and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so a lot of the same reasons you like paladins. I also yeah. like paladins. So very utilitarian. That's what I like. Um, because it, I, I've played other classes where it never feels good when you're like the one trick pony. Um, most of the time, it doesn't feel good, uh, and that's sort of the dis- discussions that people have had around some of the martial, like pure martial characters, where there's not enough out of combat utility in a lot of those subclasses. Mm-hmm. So they're good at the, the combat, but aside from that, um, there's not a whole lot else to offer. But I mean, I guess. Depends on your game, depends on what's what's in the setting that you're in, but I, I tend to agree for the most part in some cases, but all right. Well, I will say 
that I, I, I've been wanting this shirt for a while and it has not been back in stock and I'm very upset because I would have worn it, but it just says Paladin really big across the chest. It has a couple <laughs> of famous D&D swords underneath it, but they, uh, they just don't have my size, unfortunately, in stock, so I didn't get it. I would have loved to have worn it, <laughs> worn it today because it would have been amazing. I would have, there's also like a Final Fantasy 14 shirt themed Paladin mm-hmm. shirt as well, and I wanted to get that, but I don't know, I don't know where it is. Mm-hmm. That's okay. We'll make our own paladin shirt. <laughs> well, speaking of paladins, let's let's get in. Let's jump dive into this one uh, D UA stuff. Yes, 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 yes. Very excited. Very excited. I, I like. I like. Basically, maybe like ninety percent of it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, whereas Druid was critical with some constructive feedback. I, there's some things that are like, eh, um, yeah. but, but most of it is, oh, this is cool. Oh, I like this. Um, and I'm going to start with um, probably um, the, the most prolific or the most famous feature for Paladins is their smite, right? Um, here, is, here is the best thing. There are two best things about this for me, both as a player uh, thought process and as a DM process. First favorite thing is you can smite using a weapon or an unarmed strike. Now, what I want to emphasize is it says a weapon. That brings into play ranged weapons. Mm. So you can you can live your your javelin throwing paladin fantasies, or you could just have a bow or a crossbow or whatever. It feels it doesn't necessarily match the theme in my head of when I think Paladin, but I think it's really cool. Um, and I also think that they specifically call out an arm strike because it was silly that you couldn't in the first place, to be honest. Because Which of their... I'm glad you mm-hmm. let me do as Ron in yes. campaign one. So I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It makes sense. It's it's the whole five E rule of uh, a melee weapon versus a melee weapon attack where. Your unarmed strikes are melee weapon attacks, but not melee weapons, which I don't, I don't want to get too much into it because it's silly. But yeah, I like that. Now, with that being said, that gives Paladins a whole bunch more options, um, which I'm not sure they intended it to be this way, but that swings the pendulum pretty far along the lines of they're going to be probably... I'll say they'll probably be in the top tier of ranged characters at this point because of that, um, with their yeah. additional smite spells and things like that. Archer paladins all day, everywhere. <laughs> which, which, um, I mean, I don't know if that was their intent. I'm, I'm wondering what the next UA will have that involves like um, fighters and monks uh, and barbarians. That's an upcoming one that they're doing. So, I, I, I don't know how there they're going to be with that. maneuvers. Better be yeah. maneuvers. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like something they are revisiting from 3.5 and but like gave up on it on fourth and fifth edition. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm also very curious how they're gonna keep the martial classes on par with you know the hybrid spellcasters or full-on spellcasters. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. But well, that's a conversation for another day. There's a lot yes. of speculation there, but no, I like that you can use any weapon and you can use an arm strike. It's amazing. Um, one thing that I like too 
is that you can use Divine Smite no more than once a turn. So one Divine Smite per turn. You can't multiple multiple attacks and all this other, you know, um, dip into fighter, action, surge, attack, smite, 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 smite all day. Um, I, I like that, to be honest. I'm curious um, why they would change the rogue because the rogue was changed to once per round for their sneak attack. Once per round. The yeah. paladin is now just once per turn for their smite. I'm wondering why th those are different. Yeah, what, so isn't it currently rogues is once per turn so they can yes. do it on their turn and then uh, on a reaction attack? Yeah, or an opportunity attack. So it feels like the dynamics between her is still continued to be unbalanced because... Yeah. Um, yeah, because Paladins currently in 5th edition can smite all day, every day, anytime, no actions needed, and then rogues only stuck to one attack. Yeah, and I think, and and mind you, that Paladins have to have spell slots for it. So that's yeah. that's a resource a that they factor. need to do that. I guess that's the balancing factor. But I hope they start reconsidering um, in the future with 1D&D that their suggested amount of combat encounters per day is not the same as to any game that I play. Um, I think that they had, I think the estimate, and this is just me guessing here so i don't have the exact figures they estimated like i think what five combats in in a single day of adventuring or something like that, Whoa, I, the, that the, yeah that is too much the only That's time i think that we ever hit that was when you were in a dungeon right yeah and i don't even know if we even did five in a row i know there are plenty of threes maybe some fours but yeah five seems ridiculously high especially considering how long combat takes uh, mm -hmm. in Dungeons and Dragons, especially in a, when we're playing online. Uh, are they, like, expecting to the DM to throw, like, really small encounters throughout their day travel? Uh -huh. You know, it's just like, but those combats are useless. Like, you shouldn't be having those useless small combats. Yeah, Zeus is, is, is giving me the actual facts here. Six to eight combats and two short rests and one long rest in an adventuring day, air quotes. Um, I mean, yeah, the only, in, in, for me, the only time that makes sense is if you were in like a dungeon, to yeah, be honest, like a dungeon crawl. Yeah. Which, I mean, if that's the type of game you're playing, then more power to you to have those combats. But I feel like the, that flow doesn't feel natural to me in a lot of stuff that we did, um, to be honest, but yeah, there's some other stuff we'll get into here, but. I don't know what like how they like articulated this data probably from D&D Beyond but mm -hmm. um like as me as a player as I've gotten I guess more mature into my you know tabletop RPGs I find that I'm enjoying like when I was younger I was all about the crunch I was all about the combat but now yeah. as I'm older I like I enjoy the role playing aspect like we don't have to have a combat every session or you know like it's nice to have throw in one just to like mix things up but yeah i enjoy role playing more than the combat now mm -hmm. so that's a huge factor i mean as i think only able to smite once per turn mm -hmm. uh is a is a big nerf but a, a much needed nerf because 
like all paladins were were just damage gods yeah as and, long as they had their spell slots yeah um so realistically now they can smite once on their turn and they could potentially smite on like an opportunity attack or if someone else gives them like an attack like a maneuver or something along those lines mm-hmm. so yeah I, I like that limitation to be honest no i mean all it really does is just limit from one two smites to one smite unless you're like multi-classing or something like that yeah and that brings me to another point that i'm going to think of later that i'm not quite ready to talk about yet make that note um another thing that's cool uh i think is that you uh get cantrips immediately uh as a paladin as well you don't have to have a particular style for that um you just have i think two cantrips of your choice from first level um yeah. you also have i think a couple other things like resistance and spare the dying also prepared so yeah i think that's cool yeah. no yeah that saves because uh ron took a feat to be able to cast cleric cantrips so yeah um that would have been nice to free up a, a feat slot and for me to pick something else rather than that but mm-hmm. uh yeah that's that's a huge plus for me is in paladin as well yeah, I, it adds to the versatility, and I think that you could pick some really interesting options in that case because previously, you like you either have to take a feat, or I think it was a um like a fighting style or one of the optional fighting styles to do the cantrips. Um, but now, I would assume that your your main damage is going to be like your weapon since you can smite with anything now. So I'd hope that people would take more interesting cantrips that aren't just like the best cantrip for you know like currently like firebolt if you're not a, um, a warlock best range highest damage type stuff yeah um so yeah i think it'd be interesting to to take other cantrips that normally wouldn't be taken and you get spellcasting do they always get spellcasting immediately paladins uh i want to say actually i have it up right now no uh level two is when you first get your first level spell right and that's when you could start casting smites too which smites are still second level let's see um yeah it looks like laying hands is, is the same yeah uh, and then well level five faithful steed since the changes like similar to like find familiar for druids yes uh uh find steed is now like this the same thing as the, the druids have but but you can let me see yeah so you choose like uh i think you don't get you only get celestial right um i don't think that it says that you can just you always have the fine seed spell prepared. It doesn't count against the number of spells you can prepare. Um Oh well the spell says you can do Celestial Fay or Fiend. Yeah, the Paladin feature just says you can do it. So you could have whatever flavor you want. Um, which we talked about Faithful Steed last time. Uh, but I really like the way they changed that spell. And I think it's really cool that Paladins get it. It's it's always prepared. And it doesn't count against the number of spell slots. And then um, it's just an action to cast. And you can cast it once without expending a spell slot in that day, which is cool. Yeah, um, super awesome. 
with that being said, I, I like it. I'm the kind of like player that would want to have that and would enjoy that. Um, but that does take a fifth level feature and say, Hey, I feel like if you, if you're not the kind of player who would want to have a steed as a paladin, uh, I, I think that it hurts you mechanically to not have them around <laughs> because the, the spell's so good, uh, in, in my opinion. So it kind of says, Hey, hope you wanted a friend. Um, cause he's here. <laughs> I wonder if, cause typically UAs have additional features that you can swap out. So I wonder if they're going to have something to replace fine steed for, for players who don't want to deal with a, a mount or, or anything like that. Yeah. I, I don't know, but I, I do enjoy the amount of like versatility, the amount of choices that you have uh, in fine steed and that you're, Celestial Fey or Fiend choice actually matters mechanically. I think that's cool. And I don't think I used Elki that much combat-wise. No. It surprised me. It surprises me because you don't have to use him as a mount. You can use him as another person in, in combat. So, um, Yeah, I think maybe... To me, I just didn't really think about it, and mm -hmm. uh, it would just like extend my turn longer. I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm more yeah. about like making sure combat is more fluid and trying not to drag it on. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm typically the kind of character that likes to have stuff like that, like companions or mounts or what have you in combat. So I, I get it because you always want to make sure that combat's rolling. You're not taking too long. Um, good question for. From Zeus with cantrips, heavy armor, and more spell slots available on the regular. What makes paladins that much different than the majority of clerics? So, heavy armor was always there. Um, that was always something that shared between all paladins and some clerics. Um, now clerics have a, have a, I guess, a more regular path they can choose with the previous UA to just get heavy armor. Um, I don't think they have more spell slots. There's still a uh, a half caster, right? In yeah, which they get are, level five spells until yeah, so level, level seventeen. Five. Um, now the introduction to cantrips, I can see that that was added as an as an optional finding style. Um, so yeah, I I, I don't know. It's gonna have to be, um. The biggest difference is the spell slots, for sure. Some of the features being different without diving into the old cleric UA, which I don't, I don't really want to do now. But there is similarities. But I think there's always similarities. Um, to be honest, um, paladin obviously being better with, you know, simple or or sorry, simple and martial weapons, whereas some clerics could do that and some couldn't. Yeah, the spell progression for paladin is basically exactly the same from the UA and 5th edition, just with the exception of they get two level 1 spells at level 1. Level 1, yeah. yeah. That's the only difference. Yeah. It's also interesting now, it's an interesting dynamic where and I think in Paladin was this anyway as well as a cleric but just the thought came in my head of, of what's going to happen now that everyone is a prepared caster um that has some other implications for other classes but this doesn't really change between what the cleric and the paladin have going on between them but i always thought that their 
pretty tightly coupled anyway in a lot of ways. Um, it's just... it's It reminds me of the old, like... You know, I'm thinking of like Mass Effect here <laughs> or like those sort of games where it's like, do you want to go all combat? Do you want to go all magic or do you want a little bit of both? Whereas I think Cleric is all magic and how Paladin's a little bit of both. Because I think that yeah. especially yeah. at higher levels, Clerics get things faster at higher levels and there's a lot of higher levels that they can do the Paladin scan. Oh, yeah, that's a fantastic analogy. Mm hmm. And I'm assuming that all of those smite spells, the new smite spells, which um, we talked about a little last time, I believe clerics should get those too. They're, they're going to be from the same spell list of the divine spell list. So clerics are going to have access to those as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good question. Go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was just uh, agreeing with the if clerics can pull from the same, since the, the spell list is just divine. So Yeah. Uh, clerics can just become uh, clothy, smitey clerics. Yeah. But then you've still got your normal... I also, and we talked about this a little bit, but I like that their channel divinity, especially with, like what they did with the, the druid on channel nature, in that uh -huh. their channel divinity is directly tied to the class level. Uh, so I do like that. They don't even get it until third level now. Yeah, which is a change if I recall correctly. Um, but I like that it's to avoid any like paladin dip shenanigans um, for for multiclassing. I'm going to go ahead and talk about this, um, even though it's going to be a little later. But from what I saw about the paladin in multiclassing, which is very interesting to me, is now that you have a paladin who can smite with range weapons, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas ranged weapons typically, I guess not typically, are dex focused. In order to multi-class to a paladin, um, you have to have a um, a 13 in strength and charisma to multi-class into or out of paladin, which is interesting. It says, yeah, as a multi-class character, you must have a score of at least 13 and the paladin's primary ability is strength and charisma. So it's strange that if you were a, a dex-focused paladin who wanted to use a bow or a crossbow or what have you, um, if you dump strength, you can't multi-class. <laughs> I'm wondering why that is. I wonder if it's intentional or not of they left out strength or dex in this case. Um, yeah. Because then you're just going to have a bunch of Horizon Walker paladins <laughs> walking around. Um, but, or, yeah, it just, it becomes like a mad character, right? So you're, yeah, you need to have amazing stats and everything to, if you want to be, pull off this, uh, super crazy archer paladin style. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause if you just want to be a paladin dex and charisma, you're good. But if you want to multi-class, which is, which is strange. Cause if, if. If I'm a Dex Paladin with Dex and Charisma, and I want to try and multi-class into something else, like I'm not gonna have a 13 in strength more than likely because it's not gonna it's not gonna help them at all <laughs> for their stats. So I I wonder if that's just a specific like wall to keep people from doing that easily to multi-class Dex Paladins. 
I mean, it's, it sounds like it for sure. Yeah. Because they don't want people to do these super crazy, you know, broken builds that people discovered, you know, based on the wording of how things work in D&D. Yeah, like like the infamous level one Hexblade dip on like almost anything you see um, yeah. for characters. Yeah, I, I can get that. And, I, and I'm glad they're sort of addressing some of those things with the multi-classing as well as the channel divinity being tied to the class level. So that I, I like those changes. It's just strange that, it, that it's just like, sorry, Dex, you can smite with it ever with a bow now, but you sure can't multi-class with it. We, uh, let's see. Well, Zeus already broke down because Zeus is a madman. Only five, so 13 isn't a big deal. Only five points out of the 27 using the standard point buy. You can still do 15 decks, 14 charisma, 13 strength, 12 con, 10 wisdom, and 8 intelligence. And then mm-hmm. add the plus one decks and the plus two to charisma for the racial bonuses. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. Just it feels very like at that point it's just like very cookie cutter, right? If you're if everyone wants to be a ranged paladin and multi class, like that, those are the stats you need, and it's already there. Yeah, it's interesting because now they can't. Like, what makes it interesting is you can't. It's not saying that thirteen is unattainable. Um, it is that it is. Um, you're having to make other sacrifices because you can't dump stat your strength. <laughs> it's not unattainable. Um, what, what class would you multi-class Paladin with anyway? X-Blade, because you can use them ranged. Um, sorcerer, uh, metamagic options, um, getting your spells back. Um, there's a couple things off the top of my head that you could do for the cheese builds anyway. You might as well just um, go fighter, right? And then if you're in a multi-class and then uh, go, was it? It's Arcane Archer, right? That's uh... Arcane Archer's garbage (laughs) in its current (laughs) state, to be honest. Specifically for range combat, I would still do Hexblade because you can your hex weapon can be a ranged weapon and then now you only scale it off of charisma so i guess it's not that much different because if you want to be a ranged character you wouldn't need dex anyway at this point so <laughs> well, everything we said is mute yeah yeah mute point <laughs> it works the same works as intended <laughs> cheese is still intact uh they did add a a new thing uh, to the auras uh, that wasn't a, th- a thing that you had to be concerned about in 5th edition, and but in the UA, uh, people who are in total cover no longer receive benefits of the auras. So that's, that's something a little, little new, a little new change. I like that change. And, and, and I don't know. This this is this passes the smell test for me. Does it make sense that the, if this aura goes around walls or goes through walls? Well, no, that doesn't make sense. I'm glad that they made that change. Because there's a then lot they of added. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Continue your point. Oh, just that, and that doesn't extend through total cover at all. I was going to say I was going to add that, and what the text says. Yeah, I think that's fine. Um. 
I guess, I, you know, we don't really think about that when we're playing. You know, it's just like kind of a very niche or edge case situation. Yeah. Like, oh, are you total cover? You don't get the bonus, which maybe a lot of people may forego or just forget. Because it's just like an extra little tiny thing you got to remember. Um, yeah. I think it, I think it's more apparent that when you were like in combat looking at a map. Um, cause I know early in the campaign, I used to put the little green circle around your character to show where the aura was. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's more apparent as if you're looking at a map and they're taking cover that that's kind of, they're purposefully getting out of your aura by taking cover. That makes sense mm -hmm. to me. And they added a little note, like if another paladin is present, a creature can benefit from only one aura protection at a time. So I'm wondering why they felt the need they had to add that or were people misconstruing like the text and just having like a party of four paladins and stacking all the time, but it wouldn't. I think uh, that that was there originally. I'm not mistaken. I'm going to look at it real quick. Oh yeah. It's not stated. Yeah. <laughs> the original, the original paladin. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So it makes me think if there was some kind of confusion. Or people are trying to abuse the wording to have like four paladin party and snacking ores, but it doesn't really doesn't really provide much, right? And I, I would just assume like it just makes the ore bigger. It would provide uh, quite a bit. Is if people were stacking it, um, does it do the same thing in in fifth edition? I'm looking back at this. Yeah. Um, oh wait. It's Hold a on. bonus to saving throws equal to your charisma modifier. So if people were trying to stack with oops all paladins, that's like that's a okay. huge bonus if you're stacking them, which I wouldn't allow that. That's that's ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm glad that they I feel like a lot of a lot of the cheese and and stuff that happens in fifth edition are just people finding the loopholes and exploiting them. And I'm glad that in this edition, hopefully, they're taking a, a a better stance on rewriting these in, in, I don't know, sort of plainer speech that's sort of very intent on what it's supposed to do. Because a lot of the, the wackiness that comes from some of these min-max crazy builds are just, like, weird interpretations of the rules where there's, like, a certain loophole <laughs> that they just kind of walk through it. Hey, if there's a loophole, people will find it, and uh, and they will make their uh, fantasy OP character uh, that in no DM should ever allow. <laughs> it is what it is what pure chaos. Yeah, I mean, you know, if that's like if that's the way you want to play. Like, I don't, I don't think there's yeah, anything inherently wrong trying to make a powerful character, um, but I've seen some pretty wacky stuff out there. <laughs> um, level nine ability. Uh, I enjoy this quite a bit, the Abjure Foes, and it reminds me of one of the subclasses that uh, I want to say is is Oath of Vengeance or Conquest, like Abjure Enemy is, I think, one of those. Reminds me of this. I think it's cool that it's now just a Paladin um, ability. But yeah, as a magic action, you can expend one use of your channel divinity to overwhelm foes with divine awe. So you can target a number of creatures equal to your charisma modifier, minimum one. 
that you can see within 60 feet of you. So each target has to make a wisdom saving throw. On a failed save, the target has the dazed and frightened conditions for one minute or until it takes any damage. On a successful save, the target has dazed condition for one minute or until it takes any damage. So even if they save, they still get dazed, which is which is this is awesome. Wild. <clears throat> which is wild. Let's see if they change dazed the UA. Um Days wasn't in fifth edition, if oh, I remember no. correctly. Um, it, it was stunned is, but days isn't. Thank you for the followers, well, while, one, so I appreciate it. Yeah, while while days you experience the following effect: uh, mm-hmm. limited activity. You can move or take one action on your turn, not both. You also cannot take a bonus action or reaction. And I f- I feel like. There were some spells that particularly called this out in 5th edition, but they didn't have a condition to point towards. Um, so I think now that they're creating a condition. Yeah, I don't think 5th edition had anything like that specifically. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that... Very interesting that the, that the, the save still hasn't been dazed, but they don't, they're not frightened. Yeah, I really like that. That's a, that's a super cool feature. Which I don't they think that underlined, they um, frightened in the new UA. So I wonder if it's just. Yeah, it's it's the still the same. same. Yeah, it is still the same frightened because they typically underline it if it's if it's been changed. Um, whereas this one, if you're not sure what frightened does, they have a disadvantage on ability checks and attack rolls. Well, the source of their fear is within their line of sight, so if they can see the paladin in this case, uh, and they're not allowed to move willingly closer to the paladin in this case either. So, still pretty cool. Days, days for one minute. That's crazy, though. Even on a failed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is a ninth level, um, a ninth level ability, so it's it's cool. Yeah, which paladins didn't have anything. At nine, I don't think. Was it a subclass thing at nine or maybe? Uh, at nine, they just got nothing in fifth edition. Just just a dash to get nothing. Is it probably another spell spell level increase or something like that? Yeah, you do get a spell increase. You get level three spells. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. But yeah, one minute. It's I mean, and the only way for it to to be done as if they take any damage so they're they're mm-hmm. effectively just um just taken out of the fight for a little bit until they take damage so it's super cool crowd control yeah you can really i mean it works for the dms uh in favor as well you could just daze a whole entire party and yeah <laughs> yeah pooped until they get hit <laughs> yeah most definitely um more dm paladins <laughs> um, I think next radiant strikes. I think that that was in. Uh, yeah, I know clerics have it, so yeah, you just action add an extra D. Yeah, it's basically the same, and you have your level twelve feet. Um, I think. Um. Well, they changed the wording, right? So mm-hmm. uh, level if currently imp- it's called improved divine smite. Uh, and then. 
It's whenever you hit a creature with a melee weapon, but Radiant Strike is now saying when Ooh. you make an attack roll using a simple or martial weapon. So that also means ranged weapons. Yeah, but it leaves out unarmed strikes. Which is, yeah, that's weird. Yeah, why go out of your way to say you can smite with an unarmed strike, but then they can't have their radiant strikes? <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I wonder why they left out unarmed strikes even when they included it in Divine Smite. Man, I don't know, but I would, I would just let him have it at that point. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, that, I, I hope they fix that. Because it doesn't make any sense for them to, to, to specifically call it out in Smite, but not in Radiant Strikes. Yeah, I hope they probably just forgot. And then <laughs> Watsi hates unarmed confirmed. Yeah. It was probably just a mistake. I'm sure they, they meant to include it, but they but they specifically call out weapon types, so it's kinda unless unarmed strikes are categorized under simple. They're not. They're not category they're not categorized at all because they're not weapons. They're they're you can make a weapon attack with them, but they're not weapons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm hoping, yeah, because there's no, I don't, I can't think of a mechanical reason why you can't give it to him there, but you can have him smite with it. Yeah. yeah. Or even a flavor reason, but I'm glad you brought that up because I, I would have missed that. Yeah, in 12, you get a feat, uh, or 13, you get the Aura of Courage, which seems about the same. People can't be frightened when they're in your aura. Oh, no. They moved Aura Courage from level 10 to level 13. Hmm. I, I don't know if the original says this or not, but I always, I always like the text of if, the, if a frightened ally enters the area, then that condition is suppressed while the ally is there. I don't know. I just like the implications of that and how you think through it, where if they're, if they're frightened and, you, and they're in your aura, if they step into it, then they're still fright. They still have the condition if they leave, but if they stay by the paladin, then it's kind of suppressed. I don't know. I just like the thought of that. Yeah, currently it does not state that, so it doesn't. Oh, okay. so that's like a new little new little bonus to War of Courage. But um, yeah, I'm interesting that they moved it from level ten to level thirteen because at level ten you get a new subclass feature, and mm -hmm. then currently in fifth edition paladins don't get anything at thirteen um, ability wise. I'm and it looks like to me just from just from this I feel like that they're trying to eliminate those levels where it's like okay cool you get you get a higher spell level cuz it looks like they're they're going out of their way to make sure at every level you get at least something aside from just you have an additional spell level which is kind of cool. Yeah, I think you're right because yeah cuz at 17 well, we could talk about it later when we get there but yeah 17 they don't get anything either other than uh a higher spell yeah upgrade i like that because even though like a higher like higher level spells is cool it's uh, i don't know i just i like seeing words like show me words at what what i get this <laughs> level like give me some words <laughs> and then uh let's see level 15 they they changed uh cleansing touch to restoring touch and instead of getting at level 14 you get level 15 mm -hmm. and it looks like they 
So Cleansing Touch, as it is now, you can use your action to end one spell on yourself or on one willing creature that you touch. You can use this feature every time you could your Charisma modifier, uh, and you regain uses after a long rest. That's so the now, old way, yeah. The new way is when you use your Lay on Hands on a creature, you can also remove one of the following conditions from that creature. Blinded, charmed, dazed, deafened, frightened, paralyzed, or stunned. And you must expend five hit points from the healing pool of land hands for each of the conditions you remove. And those points do not do not also restore hit points to the creature. I like this. It's super cool utility. Um, and it just expands on what land hands does. Uh, I like it's five points for each condition you remove. Um, and then we didn't really discuss Lay on Hands, but um, for Lay on Hands at level 1, um, you can restore hit points, um, or you can also remove the Poison condition as well. And one thing we've talked about a little before the, sh the show is nowhere does it say disease uh, anywhere in this Paladin stuff. You, you aren't immune to disease anymore. Yeah, you don't get divine health anymore. It's yeah. Gone. And then I think what paladins could also, because they, they could cure disease with their land hands before. Is that, is that right? Or am I mistaken? Um, currently, with lay on hands, uh, yeah, you can cure multiple diseases and neutralize poisons. So disease is just yeah. like out of, just out, it's gone. So I don't know if they plan to just remove disease from one D and D or they have different mm -hmm. plans for what disease can be or do that they're just not curable unless there's some other type of means. Like, I have no idea. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's really strange. Um, that it's just kind of missing, <laughs> but yeah, I'm yeah. wondering if, if they're just cutting disease from the game, cause it really didn't come up that often except in very specific cases. Yeah. You honest. had to make, you had to do a series of failed roles for it to even come into effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe they're like, yeah, these are too complicated. We're, we're cutting it. It's gone. Yeah, I don't know. I'll be curious to see in the, in the um, final sort of edition what, what happens with that. Because it's a concerted like decision to not make an immune disease anymore. So who knows? Um, but yeah, I do like with restoring touch that you can that you can remove all those different conditions, adds to the utility. Hmm. All right, moving on to level seventeen, you get aura expansion instead of mm -hmm. level eighteen, which is currently. And again, that's to fill in that gap where paladins don't get in any features or abilities at level seventeen, other than level five mm -hmm. spells. Uh, and then one thing we didn't talk about. The level 18 feature, both in Paladin and Druid, was the Divine Conduit oh, feature. Yeah. Is when, whenever you roll initiative, you regain one use of your divinity. So that, that's that's pretty pretty cool. Yeah, Every time you go in combat, you always have a channel divinity to use, no matter mm -hmm. what. That mimics some other like classes, like with monks, that in certain... I think when you get high enough is if you don't have any key points, you get X amount at the beginning of, of combat. Yeah, that's, that's cool. I like that. Giving them an easier, like at higher levels, giving them back their their sort of thing that makes them the priest, quote mm -hmm. air quotes the priest type class. 
Yeah, Which that's guess, that's basically yeah. Paladin. Then you get a feat at 19, and then uh, you get an epic boon at level 20. Which I'm yeah. not. I really don't know much about epic boons. You you gain the epic boon of true sight or another epic boon feat of your choice. Also for Paladin specifically, they mm-hmm. they give you like a little suggestion. Yeah, basically. There's something that I wanted to bring up to you before we get into Oath of Devotion, because uh, okay. they've made some changes there. And this is just kind of the flavor text in here, but I really like what they went out of their way to add flavor text about breaking your oath as a paladin. Um, mm. And they say things like, you know, a paladin who has broken a vow typically seeks absolution from a priest of the same faith or from another paladin of the same order. Uh, gives you some suggestions of what might happen to kind of... Um, try to get absolution. Um, but the last paragraph is cool and I'm glad they spelled this out. Uh, so if a paladin willfully violates their oath and shows no, no sign of repentance, the consequences might be more serious at the DM's discretion an impenitent paladin might be forced to take a more appropriate subclass or even to abandon the class and adopt a new one. Whoa. I just I like that they went out of the way to talk about that, um, and I didn't I didn't like that the Oathbreaker Paladin in the in the DMG um, that people often associated that oh if your Paladin breaks their oath they have to be Oathbreaker now not the same not the same at all oh even though it's called Oathbreaker Paladin you're basically a Hell Knight at that point uh, working for evil. But I do like that this specifically calls out because there's a lot of people that talk about um, and this is mainly with warlocks, but also paladins, too, of like what happens if you defy your patron? What happens if you go against your vows? You know, uh, and there's always arguments that I've seen on the various subreddits, which what do I expect (laughs) at that point? (laughs) But um, for going there, but, you know, oh, the DM can't do that. The DM can't take away this thing. I'm glad that, that they added this because it's thematic. And I yeah. wouldn't willfully take someone's class away from them without, you know, getting their blessing or their buy-in, um, you know, case in point with Bryn, that was a circumstance that, that, um, you know, Bun knew it was going to happen. I told her up front there. Um, but I like that they are like, Hey, you're not abiding by, you know, your vows of your, of your chosen subclass. Um, you got to pick this other subclass now, which is more aligned with what you're doing. Think of like Oath of Devotion versus like Oath of Vengeance or Conquest or something like that. Um, or just the, the idea of the idea of just like, hey, you have to abandon the Paladin now. You don't, you're not a Paladin anymore. It seems so cool to me. It's going to happen very rarely, but it seems super cool. Yeah, like do you no longer have access to your features because you abandoned your oath so you can't smite anymore? Yeah, I don't know. And uh, in, in your spells, uh, you know, that's that's crazy. To to me, yeah, because that that end is key of like abandon the class and adopt another one. Like, what does that mean? It's like roll the same character, but pick a new class that is yeah. more in line to the crazy stuff that you're doing for the reason why you broke your oath. So it's like, yeah. Like you're a barbarian now. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's I mean. Yeah, I don't know. It's, um, I wonder how that would work. Is, is, okay, are you, yeah, because it doesn't make sense because let's say I'm a level five paladin and I'm forced to abandon the class. It doesn't make sense that 
I'm still level five paladin. And then from now on, I'm a fighter, for example, right? Because would you still have access to all your paladin stuff if you're forced to abandon the class? But the, but the flip side is, okay, you're no longer a paladin. What do you make a level five? What? <laughs> I don't know. It's cool. It's cool to think about. I wish they'd be a little more explicit there, but it's specifically in like a little flavor text column. So I don't, I don't know. I just like the option there that the DMs discussion, they could do that. So this is related, but off topic, but mm -hmm. it's tangent, but still related. So back in the day, I made a half dragon paladin mm -hmm. uh, who served Tiamat. And uh, Tiamat did something that my character didn't agree with. So I, I basically broke my oath and forsaken Tiamat and basically went on a vengeance to take her down. And then mm -hmm. so I can no longer level up as paladin. And I started leveling in Barbarian because my character went full rage. So I don't recall if I was still allowed to use like Smite at the time. But yeah, so it's like just cool stuff like that. But you can no longer regain, take levels in Paladin unless you're, you know, repent and or whatever. Yeah, which is interesting because 5th edition goes out of its way to talk about how you don't have to be devoted to a deity. To be a paladin, yep. you you just have to have an oath that you follow. Um, which yeah, I I mean in your case, like with the Tiamat thing, I think it would been it would have been cool if you took a whole new oath and did a different like paladin subclass. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know what version game you were playing in at the time, but it was three uh, five. The three five, yeah. I think physician would be cool to be like, you don't follow Tiamat, so you're not the set of paladin anymore. But maybe through that, you have a new set of like ideals to live towards. Um, and maybe it's ambiguous on purpose because it has the, you know, the, the DM's discretion thing in front of it. Um, That's good storytelling. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and I, I'm also a firm believer that 85 to 90% of most problems at D&D &D tables can be solved by talking through it. Yes. Um, for the most part, whether it be, yeah, not every conversation has to be a conversation in character either. You can also have conversation with people at the table to say, hey, this is very fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's like a player DM retrospective. <laughs> Wasn't that yeah. fun? How do we can prove it? What's good? You know, and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't mind, in this case, the DM's discretion on what to do. That's where it makes sense. Where I don't like it is DM make all this stuff up. <laughs> but in this case, I do like it because it could vary situationally. But no, I like, I like that they call it out. And I hope that they have something very similar when warlock comes out oh, and yeah. i also I mean, secretly hope that and i also hope that warlocks are an intelligence caster at this point but that's never going to happen again because <laughs> people did not like it in D, D next uh so make warlocks in casters and give uh invocations to druids got it give up no, no, no. give invocations to everyone <laughs> everyone should have a system like invocations because people want choices. They want they want they to do. have choices. And I and me as a player, I felt 5e was very limiting. Yes, very much and so. And I wasn't wasn't able because I spent so much time playing 3-5 mm -hmm. for so long because there's just a ridiculous amount of options that I could make a character exactly the way I wanted it. And on 5e, I kinda you know, you just had you had to make compromises and like, well, I could kind of do it this way. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. The village saying the problem is that players have so have little to deal with in terms of prep, but a DM has so much. Yeah. And that's never yep. going to change ever. Um, there are specific tabletop RPGs out there that are that are more collaborative and everyone else acts as like a DM in the session, but D&D is not going to be that way. Um, but I would like to see a change of of going back to more like specific guidance in particular things. Um, when it comes to the old D and D, but no, I, I get what you're saying there. The D and D already has, or the DM already has a lot to do. Um, when everyone's eldritch, no one will be. What do you mean by that, Zeus? What do you mean by that? Oh, when giving everyone invocations. Yeah, oh, well, and I, I don't mean everyone get invocations. I just mean like, um, not literally invocations i just mean combat maneuvers invocations yeah fighters get maneuvers you know that that stuff i don't mean literally invocations i mean a system like it yeah Uh, my hope is if if that hypothetically was ever to be implemented that we go back to the same problems that fourth edition was where everyone had Bailey's encounters and and uh, abilities and it all felt boring. Yeah, I yeah I I shouldn't have said everyone get invocations because I don't <laughs> in my mind I think invocation like choices and systems, but I don't say that. But yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up. Like fighters should get maneuvers and they can make their own choices. Which I'm thinking that marshals might have something to do with their weapons and make cool stuff, but we'll we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, but no, I hope that that warlocks have a, a similar restriction to it that says, Hey, if you defy your patron, your, your shit can go. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, enjoy having no powers. Yeah. Um, Oath of Devotion. Let's jump onto this one. Um, let's see here. You've got specific got oath spells, which you can, you can talk about those. You're more familiar with, with those, I think. Uh, yeah. So well, let's let's see. Um, sacred spell or sacred sacred weapon seems about to be the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get a plus one weapon and then it's light. It's a bonus action now, though. Sacred weapon is. Oh, you're right. It's bonus, bonus action. action from action. So that's yeah. nice. So use your channel divinity, cast bonus act, or use a bonus action. Um, to imbue one simple or martial weapon that you're holding. Why, why are you hate? Why do you hate unarmed? Why do you hate fists? God <laughs> damn it. You are, yeah, you are again. close to greatness. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe the unarmed was a typo. <laughs> Jeez. Don't go. No, that can't be true. <laughs> I don't know. If, if I wanted to be a monk paladin, I, I hope you just let it happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's any any inherent mechanical advantage there or disadvantage. Uh, damn, they do hate unarmed. Why? I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's see. The big difference is you uh don't get turned the unholy anymore. Oh yeah, that's just as gone. Doesn't it's not there anymore? Oh, you're right. Your channel divinity option is sacred weapon. I'm wondering if it's because there are other channel divinity options built in in the base class now. 
Yeah, if you're using your town divinity, which you're very limited on at level three, mm -hmm. and maybe they're just trying to limit the options you have because you don't want to like what's it called? I don't know. During the headlights, trying to figure out what ability you want to use over the other. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, because yeah, they... then you get divine senses as the base level, right? Yeah, for paladin. Yep. Uh, they did change the spell list a little bit, not too much. So, um, in the UA, they added Shield of Faith uh, on top of Protection from Evil, and um, oh no, they took away Sanctuary actually, mm -hmm. which I think is fine. Sanctuary. I don't know if anyone actually used Sanctuary. Yeah, not usually in in my case, but. And then uh, at fifth level, they removed Lesser Restoration and replaced it with Aid, which is now changed. Yeah, and this is a previous UA, but the, the TLDR is that Aid is temporary hit points now, not just an increase to your actual HP. So it doesn't, doesn't stack with anything. And I'm wondering if that's one of those things, and we talked about this a little bit before, that I wonder if it's just too confusing, where it's the only thing that will temporarily boost your max HP and your current HP. Um, yeah. Whereas everything else is like temp HP. That's what made it really nice to have, but... I think, yeah, um, having max HP is a lot different from temp HP. But yeah, I I suspect that they the reason they did it is because it was messy. Yeah. And, and, more, and more importantly, messy for digital. Yeah, in its current form, that's for sure. Makes it messy yeah, for digital. Uh, I mean, I yeah, I I would rather have the max HP, but yeah, most definitely. It's, it's just there. <laughs> After the ten hit points are gone, they're gone. So. Yeah. And then our move on to level nine. Uh, looks like they removed uh, Beacon of Hope and Dispel Magic and replaced it with Aura Vitality and Blinding mm -hmm. Smite. I like the new smite spells, so I'm happy with yeah. that. The new, the new smite spells are super awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we could go into that later. Uh, and then level 13, they removed uh, freedom of movement uh, and added staggering smite. So they're really, they're really honing in on these new smite spells. Uh, and then level 17 is the same, commune and flame strike. They didn't change any of that. Yeah. No, I think you're right, Zeus, is that like Aid was an amazing spell and it became like uh this is the first thing you cast in the beginning of the day. Is why wouldn't you in that case? Um one thing that that um we skipped over there with the oath spells and their other devotion spells. So with their oath spells, they have a free casting. So you can cast one of your prepared spells from this feature without expending a spell slot. So one of those spells in the oath of devotion list you can cast for free. Which is which is cool. I like that. Insane. That's amazing. Just frees up. It gives you more options to like conserve your smites or use a new spite spells or anything else. And then, yeah, just free spells. Like, can't get any better than that. It's my mind. It's like, well, they never cast these spells. All I do is smite. Let's give them a free one. So at least cast it once. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we know you're going to use your spell slots for smite, but just please cast one of these. Maybe you'll like yeah, it. Just do something to help your party. Yeah, just cast one. <laughs> Yeah, I, I like that. The sixth level, um, Smite of Protection. 
I'm going to read the text on this one because it's pretty small. Um, and I'll get to what I think in a second. But your divine smite now radiates protective energy that allows you and your allies to stay in the fight. Whenever you use your divine smite, choose yourself or an ally within 30 feet of you. Um, the chosen creature gains temporary hit points equal to 1d8 plus the level of the spell slot used for the divine smite. I think it's cool. Yeah, uh, it's the free, you know, damage sponge for somebody. Has there has there been anything else like that in 5th edition? Uh, nothing that comes to mind. I'll defer to Zeus and chat. Yeah, the chat, if you know. Like, I knows. hit somebody and then I give someone else or me temp HP. Uh, I want to, I won't say... Maybe Bard, but I'm probably wrong. Um, I can't think of anything at the top of my head. Village found the design decision to be so strange. It seemed to be simply the simplify and nerf. Yeah, I I agree with that. That they're definitely trying to simplify and just mm -hmm. like create that barrier of entry even lower, so more people could get into Dungeons and Dragons, and more people would play, and you know, more people buy the books and and on all that jazz. I, I don't necessarily disagree with some of the simplification. Like, I get why they changed yeah. aid. It's sad that it makes it worse, but I get why they changed it. Now you can cast it for free as a devotion paladin. There you go. One, yeah, everybody gets one. <laughs> and then you can smite and, uh, and heal, or not heal someone, but temporary hit point someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I like that. It's a cool little feature. Yeah, that's a nice, that's a fun little thing. Uh, abjuration Wizards, defensive feature. Ah. Uh, Arcane Ward, when you cast an Abjuration spell, uh, your ward restores hit points equal to two times the wizard level plus intelligent modifier. Cool. Well, that, just, that, that restores, that heals, so that's, yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Let's see, and then it looks like they moved Aura of Devotion to level 10 instead of level 7. Um, and you and your allies are immune to the charm condition while in your Aura of Protection. Uh, and then, then they, there it is again. If a charmed ally enters your Aura, they, this, the condition is suppressed. I, I, just, I like the way that that's worded because to me, it seems so thematic and cool is that if, I'm, if someone's charmed or frightened, the Paladin steps into their Aura you know, it goes away while they're close to them. I just, I just like the idea of that. No, um, I like it too. It's very awesome. Yeah, it doesn't. You know, if the if you move away from the paladin, or the paladin moves away from you, then it's, then you're back to where you were. I don't know. I think it's cool. And then, uh, looks like they moved Holy Nimbus to level fourteen, other rather mm -hmm. than level twenty. Uh, let's see, and then they change it to bonus action as well. Uh, yeah. As a bonus action, you can imbue your aura of protection with holy power. The aura gains the following benefit for one minute until the end of, until the end, uh, you end them as a bonus action. So mm -hmm. you get radiant damage. Everyone, whenever an ally starts its turn in the aura, the creature takes, uh, ending, or takes radiant damage equal to your proficiency bonus plus your charisma modifier. And uh, the aura is filled with bright light that is sunlight. Mm-hmm which I think 
uh, currently you you just they just the enemy just straight up takes ten radiant damage. Yeah, as it was sunlight before, when the enemy starts their turn, they take ten radiant damage. Uh, and then the duration you have advantage on saving throws against spells cast by fiends or undead was what it was, and it was their twentieth level feature. Yeah, now so it's they've 14. changed a little bit of this. It's no longer their so, capstone. So technically, you, if you maxed out your charisma with being well at fourteen, if your charisma was twenty, then you're still doing the ten damage. But then when you once you hit to level seventeen, you're doing eleven damage. Goes up by one. <laughs> yeah, it goes up by one unless you use a book to break mm-hmm. the cap of your charisma. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it says specific sunlight. Yeah, Interesting. Yeah, it says the aura awesome. is filled with bright light that is sunlight. Yeah, and then well on the fifth edition is you can emanate an aura of sunlight mm-hmm. in the first sentence. So I guess the wording is this is different but the same. But they're they're pointing out the sunlight feature for the UA. Yeah. Yeah, it's actual sunlight because daylight and sunlight are not <laughs> the same yeah. thing. Yeah, they're which not I the hope they simplify. Thing. There's a lot of things that they could simplify in in regards to their language to kind of make it less murky. And it looks like that they're trying to do that in some of these changes, which I very much appreciate. Um, me personally, um, I don't mind simplification because I don't want to go back to third edition three point five crunchy crunchy all the time numbers crazy stuff um i don't want to play that kind of dnd it's in my opinion i'm playing this saturday we're going back to three five for a one shot hey man like hey if it play what you want to play but that's just i don't i don't like like having having to get pen and paper and a calculator out to figure out what my bonus is to attack based on all like 18 things that are happening i made damage charts I printed out, or I drew them by hand, a damage chart, and there's whatever I rolled, I I went straight to the damage number because it was there's too many. Is you're rolling a ridiculous amount of dice, yeah, in three five, yeah. No, I agree, Vilash. Like simplifying is not bad, but if you oversimplify, then you kind of kind of lose the essence of what you're trying to do. Yeah, I don't know if. I- I don't know if I've seen too much oversimplification so far. Uh, if you have, let me know. Uh, we can we can talk about that for sure. Um, how you doing, Liddy? Welcome on in here. Well, let's talk about the new smite spells that make them so awesome. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we have about, you know, we're almost wrapping up here. Yeah, and I think we talked a little bit about them last time. Because they've got Banishing Smite. Yeah, there's two blinding there's smite. two different smites. There's right? more than Well, I meant um durations for smites. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. Right? So, so um let's look at Searing Smite since it's a, it's a level one evocation spell in the divine spell list. The bonus yeah. the casting time is a bonus action, which you take immediately after hitting a target with the weapon. Or, and they brought it back for some reason, with an unarmed strike 
it's there. An arm's there. It's there in the spell. <laughs> Damn it. Um, so instead of casting the spell and then hitting, you now cast the spell upon confirmed hit, which is super awesome. Yeah, because I like that. And it may be a little more powerful, but it doesn't feel good that you use you used to use your bonus action to load the spell up, basically, and then it counted as concentration, and then you had to hit something, and then it went off. Because if you want to be this utilitarian character, like you know, if you had up uh, was a bless bless concentration, right? Concentration spell, I believe. Um, why would I ever want to smite spell somebody? Because it would take my concentration away, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's the um, thing then, with a lot of spells is that a lot of utility spells are concentration. But yeah. go ahead. Uh, and then we talked about this before, like off, off air, off live. <laughs> yeah, off, uh, offline. Searing Smite is a concentration spell because yes. up to one minute, which we were like trying to figure out why. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Uh, because also, as you hit the target, your strike flares with white hot intensity, and the target takes an extra 1d6 fire damage and ignites with magical fire. At the start of its turn until the spell ends, which is one minute, mm-hmm. the target must make a constitution saving throw, and on a save, or on a failed save, they take a d6 of fire damage, and on a mm-hmm. successful save, the spell ends. Um, so to your point, um, Zeus, um, they're not all concentration. Searing Smite is a concentration. Um, Staggering Smite is not a concentration. Um, Banishing Smite is not a con- concentration. Blinding Sight is also not a concentration. So the only ones that I've seen that show concentration are Searing Smite and um, Glimmering smite. Glimmering Smite. Uh, oh yeah. Thund- yeah, Thundering Smite is instantaneous. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, well, so Raffle, some of them have... Raffle Smite also has concentration. Oh, I didn't scroll down far enough. I missed because the there w, there yeah. is an effect in play, like the continual fire damage, or with Raffle Smite, uh, the target is frightened. Yeah. But while you maintain the concentration, uh, these the effects will be applied, unless you yeah. just drop the concentration and you just wanted to do it as a one-off. Yeah, I see three distinct types for under duration there's one with concentration up two minutes so you have to concentrate and it's up two minute i see others that are um like for example banishing smite is just duration one minute no concentration involved at all um blinding smite duration one minute so there's duration with one minute concentration duration just one minute and then duration instantaneous so there's kind of a little stair step of I guess how involved it is. Yeah, it's interesting. There's duration smites that don't require concentration. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting why, why they would. Maybe they're trying to spice up smite spells because no one actually rarely or people rarely use the smite spells when they could just smite instead and deal more damage. So mm-hmm. I think this is, a, this is a cool direction. They're taking smites. Yeah, I like it. I'm curious if banishment, the spell, was concentration or not. I'm going to look that up real quick because I'm I'm curious. Uh, I believe it is. It is. Interesting. Yeah. But But banishment might. Banishment is not. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, interesting. Yeah, I thought it yeah. was, but I, I just, I just want to make sure because um, it's not a, a spell that I cast frequently in game or in real life. <laughs> um, yeah, I I like the like what you're saying. The direction with smites in that gives you more options. While they're still smites, they 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 each of them have a, a specific kicker. Um, like, yeah, I think it's awesome. I love the glimmering smite where you kind of get, um, you kind of get a little bit of that, um, a fairy fire fairy, magic, a little bit of fairy fire type stuff yeah. along with it, or it's where they, uh, can't be invisible. You don't get the, um, oh yeah. And you do get the advantage on it. Yeah. So it is basically a fire or a, Fairy Fire Smite, which is also yeah, awesome. Which, which is awesome, because Fairy Fire is a powerful spell. Yeah. And I think all of these Smites are first. No, 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 they're not. I'm going to no, take that yeah. back immediately. Uh, so, Banishing Smite's is fifth level. Yeah. Blinding Smite is third level. You've got... Um, let me look here. What's the next one here? Glimmering is second. Searing is first. Uh, staggering is fourth, thunderous is first, wrathful is first. Okay, that's cool. You have different options, at different levels yeah. as well. I like the damage scaling too, because it's like a level five spell. You're taking five to ten. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, see, yeah. I I love all the new smite spells. I think they're great. Yeah, a lot of versatility, a lot of cool usage. Um, yeah, they're they're trying to mix up smite spells, and I I think it's uh it's going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. More options instead of just normal smite. I can see a lot of cool uses with like just just all of them in that case. But the, the blinding smite, super cool. That's a big yeah, deal. All in all, I like it. I'm yeah. I'm excited to play uh to play test this paladin. Yeah, I think one was one D and D is supposed to come out twenty twenty four. Does that sound right? Uh, is that 2024? It is oh, slated it was... for 2024 because I think it's D&D's oh. 50th anniversary. Uh, with these new smites, uh, the question is why keep Divine Smite? Good question. Um, good question. Yeah. I'm, I'm wondering because everyone's a prepared caster. You see, you have to prepare each one of those. Um... I don't know. I mean, clerics have access to them as well because yeah, clerics, because um, clerics are the divine spell list as well. But maybe, yeah, don't know. I guess I guess paladins just get the vanilla smite, and then other divine casters get the cool ones. So there's something different. <laughs> they did um, remove the extra D eight. When the target is an undead or fiend. Oh, they did. Yeah. On the normal smite. Interesting. But other than that, the damage is the same. And regarding of you get an extra D8 for every spell level higher. So mm-hmm. I wonder why they did that. So yeah, kind of, it kind of makes it more. Yeah, why, why divine smite then? 
yeah, those, yeah, uh, melee cleric was looking pretty cool <laughs> with all those new divine spells. That's for sure. Since since what you're saying, Zeus is only only one turn smite. So I'm down with it. Ooh, we. Yep. Well, that's I, all, that's about wraps up the paladin. Yeah, I was gonna say. Well, in all, I I enjoy it. I like the changes. I can see why people don't like the fine steed being built in, in specific there. Um, mm -hmm. But I I like that you just get a free you just get a free use of it instead of just having I mean, a spell free, on your spell list. Free mount. You don't have to spend gold on a horse or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and plus, you can flavor it the way you want. Got a a type. That's and true. Also, it also comes with a special ability, so it gets Misty Step if it's Fey. You get healing if it's celestial, and I think I forgot what fiend got, but that's cool. Yeah. Anyway, hope you all enjoyed our discussion. Yeah. Remember, very important is if if you saw things that you like or you disliked or have suggestions on what to change, fill out the survey. It's very important. That yes. This feedback is king, and if if you want to see change for the better through these UAs and play tests. You got you got to submit the the feedback. Yep, that is the that's the only thing they're listen they're going to listen to, and they made it pretty clear that the feedback is what they're going to do. So, because um, yeah, remember, if you're if you're pooping on things and you don't submit the feedback, you're just pooping alone. <laughs> that's my uh, new catchphrase. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're just pooping alone. Nobody wants to do that, right? No one wants to poop alone. Um, the survey comes out usually a couple weeks after. Um, the UA because their intent is they actually want people to play test and not read test. Yeah. Um, the key factors you need. It's important to actually play it out. Yeah. But with that being said, if there's something in there that you don't like, you should fill out the survey. Um, well, you can't suggest removing entire class. That's <laughs> <laughs> remove cleric. <laughs> hey, there's a very distinct difference between cleric and paladin in that paladins yeah. get free steed. So there you go. Boom. And heavy and armor heavy all the time. <laughs> oh boom. man. Classless system. That's it. New D and D. Yeah. No more classes. System. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> oh man. I got distracted because um Bun is, is sending me images of the overlays for Friday. Ooh. And boy, oh boy, do they look cool. Um, <laughs> anyway you'll see him soon enough um, time that, to wrap things up yeah we'll wrap this episode up thanks so much for watching um, if you aren't yet please go subscribe to our YouTube channel because um, we are getting close to a thousand subscribers I think we're at 900 and, yeah 900 and however many we're um, 910 so we just need 90 more subscribers yeah and then a lot more watch hours so thanks for watching us on YouTube and keeping those tabs open for us when we're streaming. So much appreciated. Um, but with that being said, next time you'll be seeing us is tomorrow. Bun is going to be uh, streaming around 7 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. Um, some campaign two character art is going to begin. So I'm very excited. And then, of course, on Friday, we have our one shot City of Terror. That's at 6 p.m. Pacific. It's going to be awesome. So please come back. We have lots more to show you. Uh, with that being said, thanks everybody. Have a fantastic night. Hey everybody, casters and catchers.com for everything. Bye.